When Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does, he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. There's a story of two friends who went out fishing one day into the ocean. The one was a very good swimmer, and he loved the water. The other didn't know how to swim, and he loved the land. Okay. Well, it all happened that, of course, the land lover hooked this huge fish. It was a black marlin. The fish began to struggle as he was reeling it in, and it was so heavy and large, it actually began to pull the boat for a while. And all of a sudden, in one last desperate attempt at freedom, the huge fish surged up and with all of its might, and guess what? He pulled the landlover into the water. Help me, he screamed, I can't swim. His friend reached out to grab him by the hair of his head. But wouldn't you know it, the guy was wearing a toupee. The toupee came off and he went down. His friend grabbed for his arm, but you guessed it, he had an artificial arm. Well, in a desperate attempt, he grabbed his leg, but it too was artificial. And it came off. The guy came up for the last time and he shouted, For God's sake, please save me! Well, his friend said, I would if you'd stick together. Sticking together. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And that's what Jesus really actually is talking about in our gospel reading from John 15. When he says, I'm the vine. Last week, Jesus said that he was what? The good shepherd. The good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd who cares for his sheep. 
Today, He teaches us that He is the true, the genuine vine, not a fake vine that we should attach ourselves to, but the genuine, true vine, and that we are His branches. As you study this gospel, which is so rich in so many things that I could be up here for quite a while, I wanted to just do one focus that standed out to me, especially in light of circumstances these days, the absolute necessity of sticking together, sticking together with Jesus and sticking together with one another. As there is no life apart for for a branch severed from the vine, there is no life for us apart from the true vine, Jesus Christ. Our Lord said in the gospel, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it bears more fruit fruit. Now, there can be the appearance of fruitfulness. I mean, you can have a vine that looks leafy and green and very healthy, but bears little or no fruit. I think John, in his first epistle reading, punctuates that very fact when he writes these words, children, let us love not in word or speech, but in action and truth. I would venture to say that almost everyone of us here today knows that talk is cheap, isn't it? Talk, oh my gosh, anybody can make promises. Just go through political campaigns, right? Seriously, talk is very cheap. Oh, I'll do that. Oh, yes, you know. Yeah, right, right. The proof is in the pudding. That's right. Proof is in the pudding. Jesus actually says some very disturbing words as he concludes his great Sermon on the Mount when he says, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, think about that. Not everyone who says, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Jesus, love you, Lord. Not everyone is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. So, I think a logical question based on this text is, so what does it mean to do the will of the heavenly Father? That's what Jesus says, only those who do the will of my heavenly Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, the answer is simple. The will of the heavenly Father is what Jesus is talking about in our gospel today, what John said in his uh, first epistle reading today about remaining in Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches, said the Lord. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. There it is. It's a simple thing. To do the will of the Father is to remain, to abide in Jesus. And in so doing, we bear fruit. 
So the will of the Heavenly Father is literally that we need to stay connected to the vine, just as you see on the screens. That's, that's, there it is, to remain in Jesus, to be connected to Him. That's what it means to remain. It means connected, sewing together. And that connection is vital. In this sermon series that we've had during this Easter season, the question has been raised, what next? And we've looked at different things about what's next. And as I meditated on this gospel text and the other readings today, I thought, you know what? This gospel reading actually speaks very powerfully to that question of what's next. Brothers and sisters, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it certainly has taught us about the importance of connections, whether good connections or bad connections. How fast and how abrupt our world, our lives experienced the interconnections of this rapidly spreading, potent, unseen virus that is called COVID. As a result, we were told to disconnect from each other because of the connections that this virus has with people. And so we had to disconnect with each other. We had to distance ourselves in the hope and the prayer that, that this pandemic, this contagion would be stopped. So, what resulted? Church doors were shuttered. Families separated. Those ill and dying were alone. Schools closed. Plans made for months and years canceled. Workplaces vacated. And even toilet paper became scarce. Think about it. Wow. Everything in our world changed. And we learned a new word. I did anyways, Zoom. All right? Now we Zoom. We have Zoom meetings. We, we meet with our families on Zoom. We have dinner on Zoom. We have cocktails with our friends on Zoom. And digital church services replaced gathering together around the altar of the Lord. You know, thank God. I Really, sorry. Thank God for these gifts of His grace that at least at this time in this history, we could remain at least somewhat connected with each other, right? That is a blessing, and that is a grace from God, that we could be at least digitally connected. But I will guarantee you, and I know most of you, at least many of you would agree with me, nothing Absolutely nothing replaces the pressing of the flesh, does it? You remember Easter last year? I remember Easter last year. I was at home, came back from a vacation in Colorado skiing, and here I was, hunkered down at home, and we had to watch Easter on television, right? Or on our screens or whatever. And, it, and who was up here? Pastor Melky, Pastor Davis, Laura, 
and Corey doing the digital broadcasting. Didn't seem like Easter to me. I don't know, maybe it did to you, but it sure didn't to me. Think of that great, our opening rites this morning. I thought about that as we were singing. I mean, to be with people and singing these great hymns. Gosh, you can't replicate that on digital church, no matter how you try. For many of us, there was and there is a deep hunger for real community, not digital community. For hugs and handshakes, for physical connections, and for communion. I believe that we learned that what we took for granted, never even really thought much about it, we began to deeply miss. Isolation is not good, just like our Creator said in the beginning, it is not good to be alone. In fact, isolation is unhealthy, as studies are now coming out. You can't hug through Zoom. If I may be so bold and prophetic this Sunday morning, I would suggest to you that this pandemic and all that we have and all that we are experiencing is being used by our Heavenly Father to prune us and to prune His church. To make us actually more fruitful, more intent, more intentional, and above all, more thankful for the gifts that we so often took for granted. A hug from a friend, an evening dinner. The church gathered in song. The word for prune in the Greek that is used here by Jesus, do you realize the same word can be used as cleansing? I believe that our Heavenly Father wants to cleanse our lives in this pandemic, to wake us up to what is really, really important, what really matters in life. And part of that pruning process, part of that cleansing process is to look inward and to confess those times that we prefer to live in darkness and unthankfulness. So, what's next? I believe what's next is a growing appreciation of the importance of community life, of gathering together with cherished families and friends, taking time for them.
the ability to smile without a mask. Of the church sticking together and sharing the love of the one who died and rose again for us so that our Heavenly Father will make my life and your life and His church more fruitful. What's next? I believe it's a deepening realization for many of us of how precious our faith is in our Lord Jesus Christ and the gifts He has given to us in His church. The gift to be fed by Him who is the bread of life. To be connected to Him through the holy sacraments because you cannot take the sacraments digitally. In John chapter 6, Jesus would, would, would deliver one of His most powerful homilies, one that caused many of His followers who were following Him back then to leave. They said, this guy's speaking, you've got to be kidding, he's out of his mind. He's speaking to the people in the synagogue at Capernaum. Look at the words on the screen. Follow along as I read. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. My flesh is true food. And my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Now, can you put that back on the screen for a minute? Notice I highlighted the word remains. That is the same word that Jesus uses in our text today seven times when he talks about remaining in him. How do we remain in Jesus? And according to John 15, we remain in him through communing with him in his body and blood. To remain in Jesus literally means to be forever receiving. Receiving His life, receiving His gifts, receiving His love, receiving His forgiveness for our sins and failures, receiving Him. Just as a branch is forever receiving the nutrients so that it could bear grapes, that's our life. We're forever receiving from Jesus. That's the will of the Heavenly Father. To remain in Jesus also means that the Heavenly Father is going to prune us. And He does so as His Word comes into our hearts, strikes those hearts like a diagnosis and says, you know, Robert, did you know you were doing that? Did you know you thought that? I know what you said or thought and did. That that Word of God becomes a conviction That's pruning. 
so that what he can do is give us absolution, forgiveness, to make us more fruitful. What gifts our Lord has given to his church that in communing with his body and blood, we not only connect to the true vine and he to us, but we also connect to one another. If you've ever seen a, uh, a vineyard and uh, the big stock of the vine, and then these branches go out, they're like tentacles, and a branch then sprouts another branch and then sprouts another branch. Even in our psalm, it talks about the next generation. You see, we're all connected. We're connected to each other. We're connected to Jesus. There's no self-made Christian. And as we remain in Jesus, abide in Jesus, receiving His body and blood, what flows naturally is fruit. The fruit of love and justice the fruit of truth and integrity, the fruit of a hope that will never, ever give up. Now I ask you, does the world need these fruits? <laughs> yeah, a lot. And we're called to be the fruit. So that's what's next for us. For us who call Jesus Lord more than with a lips and speech, but with a heart anchored in His sacred heart. I want you to just take a few moments in the stillness of this time to do something. Close your eyes, bow your heads, and think about what you have learned in this pandemic. What you really need to let go. What needs to be pruned in your life. And also what you need to embrace and treasure evermore so that you can bear fruit.